Welcome back to the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. I'm your host, Steve. Dustin is not with me this week, but I am joined by Adam Mason of the Bearded Tog Podcast. Adam, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Adam, I'm super pumped to get to talk to you. I've been listening to your podcast for like the last uh, year or so. And as we were talking, like before we started recording, like I just love the way your voice sounds and like the the way like everything you have a really great setup and uh i love being able to like see it here i love like the guitars you have on your back wall and everything do you play music yeah i actually uh went to school for guitar went to college for guitar um and i've been playing guitar since i was 10 years old I, i should play more but of course you know as you know like passions shift and change and your time commitments and all that kind of stuff but yeah i've played music since uh since i was 10 years old so you you went to school for guitar specifically, not like for music or yeah, for guitar performance. So I had a uh, I actually ended up getting a, a full ride scholarship for uh, guitar for classical guitar performance. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I went to a college in Pennsylvania, and yeah, kind of uh, kind of crazy. Uh, I definitely like I was a freshman, you know, I was eighteen years old, and came into the school, and all the other guitar players kind of looked at you like. You know, you were either the shark or something like, you know, they're they're sizing you up, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was just an 18 year old kid, you know, who was happy to go to college for free. Like it it wasn't anything crazy. That's awesome. It's nice to have somebody on the podcast who's really talented. (laughs) Hopefully. We'll we'll find out. I mean, I I do photos. I take pictures for a living now. So who knows, man? But uh, (laughs) no, it was was definitely really cool. And I feel like, uh, you know, how I learned guitar, both it's a blessing and a curse because I, you know, I was trained like by a classical person, um, mm-hmm. very fundamental, very like I wanted to quit every week. Um, but like, that's how I learn everything now. Like I'm very methodical. Um, and it's, it's very beneficial. And it's like you, um, you can never exhaust, like you'll never hit the top of anything, um, skill wise. And so it's, um, mm-hmm. it's fun to like know that and be like, okay, let's just, keep chasing this down and see how far we can go. So Adam, do you need to tell us like, were you whiplashed? Is that what I'm hearing <laughs> the way that you were taught how to play guitar? No, 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 no. It was, Adam, uh, you don't have to say anything, but just raise your hand. If you've ever had a guitar thrown yeah. at your head, you know, blink twice. No, uh, no, I, my first guitar, uh, actually had a beehive in it. So I think that would probably Whoa. be the, the first, um, you know, like a bad situation. I'd be like, you better play well or the bees are going to get you. No, uh, no, I'm fine. (laughs) Did you find out it had a beehive in it while playing? No, like we, uh, we actually got it out of like, I don't even know. It wasn't even a yard sale or something like that. Like we knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody from church and they were like, yeah, we've got two or three guitars in our shed. And it wasn't even like a shed with doors on it. It was like a carport but mm-hmm. pretend they didn't use it for a long time. Uh, so they just stored all their junk in there. And so there were two acoustic guitars with no strings on them. Um, we took them both home. Uh, but the nicest one was the one with the beehive in it. So, you know, yeah. It, it, or you know, it, I don't think any bees are living in there. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I guess technically it's like a wasp's nest because they like it wasn't like the actual honeycomb looking thing. But yeah, yeah. So it's fine. We're, we're good. We're I've never been stung. <laughs> That's awesome. That sentence of I knew somebody who knew somebody from church or whatever sounded yeah. so Midwestern to me. <laughs> like oh. <laughs> as as somebody who grew up in the Midwest, like almost everything in my life growing up was 
my parents know somebody from church or they know somebody who knows somebody from church and it's like everything was connected like the church was our hub of uh, all yeah. social interactions that's hilarious yeah i mean it's a uh, you know you got to find those like spheres of influence and uh my mom was like hey this kid wants to play guitar and you know luckily you know thankfully somebody was like hey I don't know if these will be good, and but we're thankful that they let us come over and pick through their trash to find a guitar. So when you uh, when you graduated from from college, uh, did you get started in music right away, or, or what was the process like that brought you from music to photography? Yeah, it's kind of a. I've never wanted to look at it like a one to one transition, but honestly, maybe it was at some level because. <laughs> um, like I uh, ended up getting kicked out of college uh, my sophomore year and, uh, you know, kind of lost everything. Like my parents didn't go to school. I wasn't planning on going to school and then got the scholarship. So I went back and or I went and uh, it, you know, I was a fish out of water anyway. And I didn't really know what to do. And so um, my last year of school before getting kicked out, I've been working at the local Apple store, uh, you know, slinging the iPhone 3G uh, as back in the day, 2008. And uh you know, just um, everybody they hired at the time was like specialized in something, which I thought was really cool. Um, and so I worked with a lot of creatives who were graphic designers, mm -hmm. photographers, and um, especially as a person who knew nothing about that, who was from a small town, like I had never even seen somebody take a photo and then like put it on the computer, like very basic stuff. Um, and so that was really cool. And so I was, I was always asking, asking questions like during work, slow times. Uh, and uh you know, so I was like getting interested in photography and then mm -hmm. I get kicked out and I'm kind of like, all right, what do I want to do with my life and myself? And I end up um, applying for an internship to go live overseas uh, and do kind of humanitarian work uh, in a village in Eastern Europe. And so before that internship, I bought like a very small point and shoot camera. I think it was a Casio or something. Um, and yeah, bought that camera, went to Eastern Europe and lived there. And our main contact there who we lived with um, was a photographer and had a, like a DSLR, Nikon D3 kind of vibes. Um, and I got to see him shoot people, photo, uh, take photos of people who had never had their photos taken before. And he got to tell mm -hmm. them that they had value and that they mattered and that they had a purpose and uh, that they were beautiful. You know, they didn't have a mirror, right? And they, they didn't have a reference where like most Americans, we wake up every day and check ourselves in the mirror. And, um, and that was just really powerful to me. That was super cool. Um, and it was something where like, at least for me, we're getting really personal here. Uh, mm -hmm. Guitar for me, even if I didn't want it to be, was, you know, functionally me on stage. It was people looking at me, whether I was in a band yeah. or for this particular college thing. Uh, usually playing alone and they're like, okay, like perform for us, buddy, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and the camera made it less about me. And I think I was looking for something at that time where I could make it not about me and make it about, uh, the relationship between me and whoever's on the other side of the camera. And yeah, fell in love with photography, uh, mostly as a hobby. But again, like, as we talked about, I knew how to learn something and I didn't have any formal training, but I just like. I soaked up podcasts like the original Frono's photo and mm -hmm. uh, Mark Wallace from Adorama TV on my iPod classic back in the day. <laughs> um, and uh, I just soaked all that stuff up. And I was talking to somebody today and I was like, I knew who all my heroes and competitors were uh, in the wedding world. Like 
when I first began and I would like stalk their websites. I knew everybody else's branding points, all that kind of stuff just to just to learn. I like I, ha- I knew I had to make up for lost time in my mind, um, especially because I wasn't sure what school was going to look like. Uh, yeah. Lo and behold, I toured with a few bands, uh, both as a photographer for a, a festival. So that, you know, got me in contact with a bunch of other bands, media, licensing, all that kind of stuff. Really early on, I was 20, 21 years old. I ended up shooting a political tour where I, I shot uh, about 3,000 photos every day for 100 days straight, um, which was pretty crazy. And we were like on a tour bus and like I had to really practice getting my workflow down because I had to turn around photos so quickly. Uh, mm. It's kind of like being a press person, which, again, I knew nothing about. Like I was new to this, but it was like I just said yes. Um, <laughs> and so that really helped me a lot. And I, you know, at the time I wanted to go back and uh, go back to school and I wanted to be a guy that like finished things. We're getting really deep here, but I, I wanted to be a guy that like didn't leave something hanging. I was like, no, I want to yeah. finish and I want to finish well, um, even if it's not for anything else, you know, and even if I'm uh, even if school is no longer free. And so <laughs> I uh, I went back to the same school I got kicked out of after I had served my, uh, you know, one year. Hey, don't come back kind of thing. Um, and you know, switch degrees to digital media and communications. Um, and yeah, two years later, graduated and uh, yeah, was shooting a little bit on the side for a while, different weddings, different gigs, picking up stuff here and there. Um, really just saying yes and giving it, having an opportunity to learn and then moved to DC after graduated for two years and then uh, went full time as a photographer in 2015. So almost uh, six years ago. And uh, now it's like this uncontrollable gorilla running through DC that uh, I'm just along for the ride with. And so, yeah, that's a long answer, but that's where we're at now. (laughs) Just picture me riding a gorilla. If you listen to this and you only remember one thing, it's Mesa photography is my gorilla and I ride it through DC. That's all we're talking about. I love it. I'm glad it didn't get derailed with like uh, the photographer I met in Eastern Europe. He took my Casio and whiplashed it at my head. And that's how I learned. <laughs> no, no, no. It was all good. It's all good. Yeah. Have you, have you recently watched the movie Whiplash? Is that why that's in your brain right now or something? <laughs> that's a great movie. Think, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. I've never seen the whole thing. <laughs> oh, it's super good. I love it. It's, for me, I watched that movie and uh, most people will be like, the teacher is the bad guy in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm like, nah, man, this kid's a jerk. Like, he should be practicing more. He could be better, you know? Um, or you're supposed to be like, the kid's an artist. Let him be free, which is fine, you know? So you, you come down on the side of the guy who, doesn't he throw, like, a chair at the kid at one point or something? Yeah, I mean, the dude needs, uh, you know, I'm not denying that he needs therapy yes. for his actions, <laughs> but I wouldn't say he's wrong. i wouldn't say he's wrong to be upset i would just say his actions once he is upset maybe could use some improvement a hundred percent yeah he's totally valid to have the feelings he has and and push people for excellence so yeah it's just hard for me because i like jk simmons and like the the reason i didn't finish when i started watching it is like i didn't like seeing him as such an evil person like i just watched uh (laughs) I would just watch Invincible and he put, pl- okay. he voices like the, uh, the antagonist in Invincible. And it was yeah. like, because it's not his face. Cause it's like a, a cartoon or whatever. It's like, I could get through it. Mm, but like, okay. even just with the voice is still kind of like, Oh, but that's, that's JK Simmons. Like he's, he's a nice guy. Right. 
<laughs> right. He, his biggest thing, I feel like, publicly without seeing his movies is like the insurance thing. And so you're like, oh, yeah, like, okay, like he's into insurance. He's a nice guy. And you're like, but he can play like a really evil person. I like it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you started out kind of, it sounds like, doing more like music photography and stuff like that while you were touring and everything. Um, what made you want to get in, started with weddings? Yeah. I mean, it's. Um... What I found over a few years is I feel like some photographers who you talk to, they're probably not even listening to this podcast because they're probably like, ugh, weddings, get out of here. There's this like <laughs> this set of photographers who get weird about weddings. And and I think what happened is they had a bad experience on their first one and they said, I'm never doing this again. You know, or they they had like a what they would call a bridezilla moment, and I bet a thousand dollars it's probably the photographer's fault uh for setting the wrong expectation or not having like a good client experience uh mm -hmm. man i just got preachy but i i'm gonna i'm gonna bet money it's <laughs> it's on them um but nonetheless they were probably like man i don't want to do this anymore and uh so they don't shoot weddings anymore right they're they're you know they're trying the commercial thing or they're shooting family or they're documenting or uh you know they work at guitar center and they say that they take photos on the side um and that's totally fine um or they're a creepy guy on craigslist that's also an option for people <laughs> who uh, don't do it. But for me, <laughs> but for me, I loved, uh, I shot my first wedding, 500 bucks, uh, rented a bunch of gear from bar lenses. Uh, that was more than $500, but I was like, yeah, spend money to make money, I guess. And, uh, hired my girlfriend as a second shooter. We drove like seven hours there, seven hours back. Uh, and we were good Christians. So we didn't even get a hotel. I think like we, yeah, it was a long day. Um, wow. very long driving day. And, uh, yeah, it was intense. Uh, probably like twenty four hour day, basically. But um, and that's why we're not together anymore because I make dumb decisions like that. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> this was like twelve years ago, ten years ago. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Got my first wedding. Friends from school, you know, who uh, I really had only taken like one or two actual portraits of anybody, um, and they, you know, they were college students and didn't have a big budget, so it worked out. And I shot it and. I like studied all my heroes work that week and like crammed and was like, okay, what kind of photos do I want to take? And like, you know, I practiced on friends and, you know, I got into like a dark, the equivalent of like what all of us know, like the Hampton Inn, uh, one bedroom and, uh, you know, trying to shoot, like getting ready, all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, and we just went for it and I had a blast. And, you know, I think part of that is like half my background, you know, is, you know, being from a small town single parent i didn't see a best buy until i went to college like mm -hmm. i uh was just very i would say very uncultured you know just didn't know much of what was happening uh in the world and then uh the other half is that like you know i'm an extrovert and uh man weddings there are a lot of people and it's fun and people are getting crazy and um and so i just had a lot of fun honestly and photos let me do that and i man this is gonna be bold I would probably yell at myself now if I was my own mentee and say, like, <laughs> you, you could do better. But my goal was to shoot better than uh, what I was charging. And I think looking at the photos even now, I'm like, these are definitely worth more than 500 bucks. Maybe they're worth like 900 bucks, you know, or 1100. <laughs> uh, and so that was that was my goal for every wedding going forward. And so that first one, though, like I talked to some of my mentees who are very green and I'm like, you just need your first one. You need your first win. And then if you get some good photos out of it, even if it's like four, you push those four photos like all the time. And uh, yeah. And then 
just snowballed from there. So I don't even remember what the original question is, but we're now we're talking about this. <laughs> That's great advice. Just get some good photos. Like when I first started shooting photography, because my my background's video production, and like that's okay. what I went to yeah. school for. That's what I did when I graduated. And then yeah. Jen, my wife, started yeah. doing photography and kind of dragged me into it. And like the first time I shot with her, she's like, "Look, the last time I hired a second shooter, they got." two shots that were usable the whole day. So if you do better mm -hmm. than that, that's, you know, realistically, that's all I'm hoping for out of you. And so like the end of the yeah. day, I think she was like, yeah, I actually ended up delivering something like 75 of your shots to the client. She's like, so you're going to oh, be second awesome. shooting with me from now on forever. <laughs> but it's like, looking back, it's like, <laughs> she, there was 75 deliverable shots. I don't know if there were 75 good shots, but <laughs> <laughs> there was maybe like one yeah. or two good shots yeah. and it was like every single time trying to build off of that like you said get more good shots every single time uh just do a little bit better and uh, exactly. get to the point where you can deliver more work that is uh of a higher quality so no man i love that advice to just yeah, get out there totally. get, i mean it's... get like your first thing done and get moving on it totally i mean people People get weird about this and people get weird even about like Gary V or something like that. But but one of the pieces mm -hmm. of advice that I just liked and resonated with me and and obviously people listening this far have heard part of my story. So maybe that it only resonates with somebody like me. And um, but he just said, like, don't be romantic about how you make your money. And I I've always thought about that. And I was like, even even now. Right. Like, you know, in D.C., you know, highly competitive photography market. Things are going well for us, you know, and, and they they might not always go well, but so far they're going well. And we really like that. And we do our best to steward that. And, you know, like profiting six figures now, kind of predictable rates of return, all this stuff like it feels we're finally at that comfort level. Like I'm not terrified when leads aren't coming in because mm -hmm. um, like we know our math and we know what happens. Um, but like photographers will ask me now, they're like, isn't it weird for you to shoot at the same venue 10 times? Like if you get on their list or whatever. Uh, and you know, I could see how that could be happening. But what I've thought about is like my mortgage does not care where the money comes from, <laughs> you know, like it does not care what venue, how artsy I was. If I used off camera flash, if I, you know, what my white balance was at, um, if I shoot all primes or zooms, it doesn't care about any of that stuff, man. Like, like Capital One or whoever my bank is or whatever. Obviously, Capital One doesn't do mortgages, but whoever my bank is, if they come in and they're just like, hey, where'd you shoot that wedding? We need your money. You know, like nobody is doing that. And uh, and so I think like just being willing and open to uh, to chase it down. Like I, I, at least for me, I wanted it really bad. And, and that's my personality. Like if I am focused on something, I'll just go chase it down. Like uh, mm -hmm. my wife would probably say like my obsession with crypto uh cryptocurrency in the last like six <laughs> years uh you know like people are getting in now and i'm like oh i've been in deep uh i remember the pain of uh 2017 but um and so stuff like that like i'm just very you know i'm all about depth not about breath and so mm -hmm. long story short the uh you know shooting a free wedding even shooting multiple free weddings like i it's no skin off my back like i seldom only today did I think about, you know, 200, 300 weddings into this job? Did I think about like, oh man, should it charge more for that first wedding? No, I'm not thinking that at all. You know, like I don't lose <laughs> sleep over that. I'm like, I'm so thankful that couple took a chance on me. Um, and it's my job to like meet or exceed the the chance that they gave me. And uh, and yeah, I'm super thankful to be here because of that 
that first wedding that we drove seven hours there and seven hours back for. So, <laughs> man, that is crazy. But then I think back to Jen and I's first wedding. She was doing photo. I was doing video for it. And we drove yeah. to the, uh, it was a Mormon couple. And they got married at the Mormon temple in Nauvoo, Illinois, or okay. Missouri. I forget where it is. And it was like a seven hour drive there and back. Yeah. And there yeah. was like a winter storm and it was like a giant uh. blizzard that we had to drive through. It was terrible. Those yeah, first weddings, yeah. man, they really kill you. Yeah, well, because you have no, uh, people... you Wait, have no boundaries. Yes. You know, because you're like, yeah, I'll shoot whatever. Like, I shot a... And it's kind of... You can have some cool stories, right? So, like, I shot my first destination wedding was in Maui. But I think I charged, like, 1500 bucks. you know? Like, um, and that barely covered my travel. And I was only in Maui for 48 hours. So, like, I left the reception and then got on a plane. And uh, mm-hmm. if you were like, oh, you were you shot in Maui. That's so cool. That's so sexy. I'm like, no, I'm tired. Like I had to fly back, <laughs> fly back from Maui, leave the airport and then go shoot another wedding. Like it was a, a, a blessing and a curse. But small town, you know, again, I'm like, I got to go to Maui. That's pretty cool. Like I, I'm I don't make it as complicated as other people make it. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very dumb and happy and just grateful. Like. I always tell people like this could stop next year. And I'd be like, that was a really cool ride. I'm, I'm really glad we got to do that. Um, you know, like I'm not, uh, I, I'm not entitled to anything or any of that stuff. So anyway, but yeah, I've worked with your wife before and I think you're, yeah. we're working together. Uh, yeah. this is the only time we're going to get going to meet. We won't even get to meet in person, uh, this <laughs> summer, but that's just the, the way of, uh, the COVID recovery goes, but I, I appreciate it. So I'm excited. Yeah. For the firefighters conference, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, Jen was bummed she couldn't do that, but uh, you know, <laughs> you get pregnant and all of a sudden oh. you have to make life changes. <laughs> yeah, you have boundaries. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that your first kid or multiple? It'll be our third kid. Okay. And okay. Yeah, final so she's kid. A third and final. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. A- ending yeah. the trilogy, as you yes. one might say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, all of our kids are uh, Ian's 10, Nora's 5, and so they're all five years apart. And, oh um, yeah, we're, we're just ready to be done with kids, I think, <laughs> after this. Wow. This oh. one wasn't planned, mm, okay. but we're very happy. Very That's happy. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, well, I mean, you know, the unplanned one is always the, uh, you know, I always think of, like, very Disney mindset. I'd be like, that one could be destined for greatness. Not that the other ones aren't, but that one, you know. <laughs> The, the youngest one, you know, the the final one in the trilogy, you know, it's it's destined for greatness. So no, out of there. That'll be cool. I'm gonna have to tell my my middle child that her dream of being a rocket slash princess probably isn't gonna come true because the third one's the one who gets the good stuff. Mm, yeah, your middle <laughs> one is going yeah probably gonna be Pam on the office. Like yeah, cool receptionist. Well, I mean, I'm a middle child, so I mean, oh yeah, the best thing she could hope for is a podcaster. I think. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean that works. That works. Awesome. I love it so much. <laughs> so uh, you're in the DC area. Um, you do weddings. You do conferences and stuff like that. Do you do any political work at all? Not really much anymore. Well, it, it's like kind of a, a weird mix. So my main bread and butter is weddings, and like if I have enough weddings, that's that's all that matters. And then like, but obviously corporate clients, the right corporate clients, they have enough money to make me look at them and be like, Oh, what? Okay. You know, like they, they have enough money. I say to like, uh, 
change my boundaries, right? Like, ah, oh, I don't usually take weddings on <laughs> Sundays, but if somebody offered me, you know, 25 K or something, you know, a larger number, I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll shoot it. Um, so I feel like corporate clients do that all the time. Um, but nonetheless, it's really fun. So, uh, I'll do some corporate conferences and usually trade show kind of stuff. Keynotes. Mm-hmm. Um, people love like kind of the keynote concert vibes. That, that's something I learned too from shooting concerts was like how to make Epic photos of things that aren't Epic. Um, but still like marketable. So, you know, it's not, there's like a weird balance. Um, but yeah, I've shot, I'd shoot some stuff for corporate clients here, um, where there'd be like some political things happening or like, um, the Patriots, the new England Patriots won whatever Mm -hmm. Super Bowl they won. I don't know, five or six, uh, hundreds of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And they came to visit the white house. And so I like got to shoot at the white house and photograph the Patriots being there, which is cool. So, Political in the sense that, like, I'm at the White House, but um, the goal was to get photos for the Patriots or whatever or something like that. So, um, yeah, kind of a random mix. But I think having a good weddings uh, bottom line, too, and the fact that I like it, it helps me be really picky and choosy with the other stuff mm-hmm. um, and to only say yes if it's cool or if it if it uh, works for our goals or our budget or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I like what you mentioned about, like, when you're shooting conferences and other things like you you have to look for things that like uh, could make an epic portrait while also still like portraying like the conference and stuff. Like um, when, when you're shooting weddings, when you're shooting conferences, other things, like what are the sort of things you're on the lookout for that like catch your eye? Yeah. I mean, obviously everybody says this, but I realize now with, because of the internet photographers, I think ruined this, but it's totally fine. I think it's, <laughs> it's fine. Um, we all say we're looking for good light. And then what I realize is we all think, we don't we haven't quantified that at all so we have very different uh interpretations of that but uh what i would say is that you know usually looking for flattering light first or um uh, you know and, and secondly is like interesting shapes or um just patterns of where light is happening so like i'm a big uh and i see this because i know this and what's funny is like not photographers would see this but clients don't care they're like oh i love this one photo and you're like i do that photo at every wedding um mm-hmm. you know whatever but it's like if i find a doorway where there's light coming through but then like the rest is like a cool pattern like oh that's a recipe for a silhouette in my mind i'm like boom easy peasy like let's let's make a silhouette forehead to forehead nipple to nipple let's do this thing um <laughs> you know and uh like very easy like cool silhouette and, and if we're lucky whatever's around the silhouette looks cool you know sometimes it doesn't yeah. and it's just like a, a black box but um you know same thing for for conferences and stuff like that um you know conferences and corporate clients they always want um here's the trick i'm gonna give this away for free is like and i think my comms background helps with this but when you're shooting corporate stuff and we'll talk about this for the firefighter thing is like our job it's a balance of like we want to take a good photo like so corporate we can't mess up on so like weddings you can you can like miss focus a little bit and like ah it's still cool it's artsy man like it's cool um whereas corporate like they want every photo even if it is a bad time. And even if they put you in a room with bad lighting, like you're supposed to be no excuses. And so you should assume that every photo might go on a billboard. So you better be freaking sharp, you know, or whatever, <laughs> or like, um, which I, I shoot wide open 1.4 all the time. And, uh, so it's risky, but that's how I like, I like that look. But anyway, um, yeah. So I think for that, when you're shooting for corporate stuff, clients, even a brand photo shoot, right? Like that's getting, that's growing. Uh, in our industry right now, as people are transitioning to brand photography, it's like our job is no longer about us, but our job 
is about their goals, whatever the corporate client's goals are. Um, and so I always think like my number one job isn't to impress other photographers. My job is to sell tickets. And I sell tickets by making this event look like a place where people want to be, you know? And so that's why mm -hmm. like, you know, you have like networking happenings. So you get people shaking hands and kissing babies. And, uh, you know, I want to make the keynote speaker both look flatteringly good. So I'll always try to aim for like a nice one, just like weddings. Like let's take a nice one for mom, you know? Uh, and then I'm like, okay, let's see if I can do something cool with a cool angle or show the bigness of the room. You want to show like, here's how massive this event is that you might miss, uh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, or something that's how like the photos they want it to feel. Um, and then other photos, they want it to be like, feel free to hang out with your networking friends and learn more at the blank blank station, um, you know, that we're offering. And so, um, you know, I just try to think of like, what's a win. And I think, um, for, for couples as well, going back to weddings, it's like a win for them are photos that at least for my, my couples, like feels authentic to them, feels authentic to their story does them justice, but maybe with a little extra on there, um, you know, and then, you know, hopefully something that's preserved for forever for, for their legacy. And like, they want me to know, I, I hope that my photos show that I treat it like we only have one chance at this. And, um, and then it's not about me, you know, like I used to shoot for me and used to be like, I want to make cool photos at every wedding. Um, and then, once you once you stop or aren't able to make cool weddings, cool photos at every wedding, at least for me, that's where I hit burnout. But when my purpose changed to serving, um, like, I honestly don't care what photos I come away with as long as they're they're good. Like, I have my own visual standard, mm -hmm. but it's like I I want I think about photos of like how the couple will react to them, and I'm like, this will be sweet for them. They're gonna be really pumped about this, or like. They didn't see this moment happening and we got it. And man, I'm really glad I was there. So that's a really long answer, but that's what I'm looking for usually when I'm shooting. <laughs> Dude, that's, that is a really good mindset to be in when you're shooting weddings. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I had one second shooter for me one time who like, you know, good photographer featured on mag mod, you know, the guys are right. Like they're just off camera flashing every day. They got mm -hmm. fl flashes and Sony and, ad 200s like hanging off their body like they're just they're so cool and so talented um but this couple you know they, they had a body type similar to me so if anybody listening like i'm kind of a big guy you know technically i'm obese if you're uh into the the diet industry and the uh you know the uh healthcare <laughs> lobby but um yes yeah, sorry very dc answer to that um you know but they had a body like me right and so you know people are always kind of weird about how they look and right and they want to look good in photos so my first my first rule is like I want to make people feel good. I want to do my best, right? Like I can't solve years of trauma or I can't solve, uh, you know, what their mom has told them every day, you know, and been like, ah, you should, you know, do this. Uh, but let's make them feel good. And this, uh, this Magmod person, uh, we'll call him Maggie. No, no, it's okay. This Magmod <laughs> person, um, again, super killer photographer. And again, he was just helping me out. And I think, uh, like, people get the wrong impression from my work. Cause some, sometimes it does look cool. Sometimes I do make f work that looks kind of neat. Um, you know, and I like mm. that, but it's like, uh, none of the photos were flattering of the couple that he shot. And I was like, Oh, yeah. like this is such, like, listen, this looks so cool. Like I have no idea what you're doing off camera flash wise. Like I barely use my off camera flash. Uh, this looks super cool, but she is going to hate that double chin. And I'm so sorry, bro. I'm like, I'm not trying to liquefy this, you know, so it's, uh, 
just a different mindset, you know, versus like him and how he sells to his clients. Um, they know that that's his value. It's like, Hey, I want to make, I want to make art on every photo, yeah. uh, which I think is super cool. Totally fine. Um, but for me, I, I it just didn't, it didn't feel fulfilling to make photography, make photos that photographers were impressed by. Um, you know, I wanted to make photos that like families were impressed by and, uh, which is super weird, but it is what it is. It works. That, I mean, it's not weird. It's how we should be as photographers. Uh, a client first mindset is how your business is going to be successful and how it's going to succeed. So yeah, I, I love it. It's refreshing to hear a photographer talk like that about their business and to know that that person is somebody who's successful enough they can hire me to shoot a conference for them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's only one or two days or whatever. I don't know. But, um, you know, but we, uh, what's funny is, like I'll have second shooters come to me for, you know, it'll be the first time working with me. Um, and we just had one, I think end of April. And, uh, and I told her, I was like, yeah, we'll pay you. Well, I like what I've seen from your stuff. Like no pressure. Like here's basically what I need, but the rest of the day, just like have fun, you know, do your, do your best. Um, and that, that's how I'll be for the conference. I'll be like, here's what I would hope for. But you know, again, like, Again, it's like it's not a I try not to stress people out. I want them to be blossoming flowers. But um, mm -hmm. but I told her, I said, she's like, I'm really excited to learn from you. And I was like, cool. You're like, ask me anything on the wedding day. Like, totally fine. I'm an open book. Like, I will show you uh, how I manage my money. I will show you the amounts. I will show you literally anything. Like, I do not care. Um, like, I'm an open book to uh, second shooters, mentees, all that stuff. And uh, but I said, I will warn you you're going to watch me shoot and you'll be bored. You'll be like, this is the most boring <laughs> wedding photographer I've ever seen in my life. You know, and maybe it's lazy. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to uh, use my social skills to get the photos that I want. And, uh, and then I'll shoot whatever else we need to shoot and it'll be chill. And uh, every second photographer who shoots with me, they're always like, this was so like less stressful than any wedding I've ever shot and all that stuff. And kind of showing them that like the whole reason it's, it can feel passive aggressive. Like I have this, uh, a lot of you have this, like a wedding guide or a little book that you send couples after they mm -hmm. book. Um, and I tell couples to look through it and that like, if they read everything and they don't have to do everything in it, but I say, if you heed this knowledge, uh, <laughs> this is the best chance for you to have the photos that you've seen, you know, or photos like what you've seen. So it's, it's a very basic kind of thing. I was like, but obviously I'm a professional. I can work with whatever, uh, even if we don't do any of this, but um, like there's two timelines in there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I'm the first one to even show them a timeline. You know, the planner's not even talking about ceremony time, all that stuff. And so, um, you know, most weddings, like, because we've set the intention and the expectation that, hey, here are a few timeline samples. Like, we already know we built in enough time in those. Like, seldom are we stressed out, like, um, and, like, racing to something else or moving around or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm just chill. And uh, I don't know. So. I have no idea where we were going with that, but uh, no, I'm a man, very I boring photographer. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the title of the podcast, The Boring Photographer. That's right. That's right. That, that'll they'll, bring that'll everybody think it's in like, to listen. Yeah, they'll think it's like a Elon Musk kind of thing, like The Boring oh, Company. Double awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing flames out. Yeah. Yeah. Send that Dogecoin to the moon or tanking right. it when he goes on SNL. Either way that, you look at it. That's right. I'm still up, so... Uh, are you on dogecoin then did you invest I, I only have a tiny bit of doge because i think that it is uh 
I, I'm not convicted in the technology, as I like to say. Yeah. Um, I'm not convicted in the Doge because um, it's obviously a, a joke. But I also understand that the cool part of cryptocurrency is that it can be, uh, you know, manipulated by the market. And, uh, you know, it's a passion based volatility right now. So all that to say, I was like, well, I might as well try to get in. So, yeah, I have a little bit. I have a hundred dollars worth. Uh, it's like a tip. And I was like, all right. I told my wife, I was like, hey, I'm going to buy something stupid. She was like, oh, like a new hat. And I was like, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I was like, no, because uh, I have like 12 hats now. But, um, you know, you get to your 30s and you don't want to do your hair anymore. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I I'm losing my hair in my 30s. So, yeah, that's yeah. honestly like I'm just going to start showing up to weddings like this or in like a cute beret uh, and be like, <laughs> what's up? You know, like, so. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, do you want to help me answer some questions from the internet? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do some Q and A. But, but Steve, awesome. All right, the first one comes from Amanda from a random Facebook group, and Amanda wait, asks, "Wait, wait, 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 hold on. Whoa, this this is important. Yeah, and we're doing this live, so sorry, sorry, Steve. Is this uh, photos that someone wanted to ask?" on the podcast like kind of wedding or photo related or did you just find some random questions from the internet these are just random questions from the internet <laughs> oh i love it okay okay yeah, okay yeah no 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 uh we do questions people ask uh i think james kelly had a question for me to ask but it's been so long since uh he i talked to him about having <laughs> you on the podcast i forgot what it was he did I tell me james. i needed to tell you that he says hi when I have you on the podcast. Mm. He's very adamant okay. that I needed to say that. <laughs> I but love yeah, no, hi, James. I love you. These are just random questions. Uh, so Amanda okay. from a random Facebook group asked, my husband second shoots for me, but he doesn't do photography other than that. He's an accountant. A photographer in town keeps reaching out to hire my husband to second shoot for her. When I offered a second shoot, she always comes up with an excuse of how some other photographer got back with her that she's going to go with instead. Recently, my husband said yes, just to see what was going on. Should I be worried that she's just trying to spend time with my husband? <laughs> uh, I mean, I would say yes. But just playing devil's avocados. <laughs> is there a chance that this husband has a natural uh, look or a knack in his photos and um, or talent? You know, like effort beats talent every day, but talent is nice to look at sometimes. And maybe maybe his work is uh, is good. But then again, I don't know how this other, this creepy photographer found only his work. So, um, yeah, maybe, I think it's weird. Maybe she I would could be just tell looking at the photos. A... He's the better photographer of the two That's of true. Them, yeah. Like, like, yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah, th this has got to be the guy. Um, yeah, I, I would be worried if you're not interested in uh, polyamory or uh, other styles of mutual relationships, I I'd probably... Uh, I'd have some conversations or set some boundaries. So Amanda did update her question after uh, people asked on Facebook. Oh. And she said, um, <laughs> my husband and this photographer did used to date. And he second shot for her before they broke up and then met me. 
my goodness. Which doesn't really answer any questions because, like, it does make it a little bit more awkward. But then at the same time, it's like, but she is more familiar with his work and they have a working relationship then. (laughs) But still. See, this this goes against the uh, the the don't be romantic about how you make your money, because I'm like, hey, I'd I'd rather be uh, a little I'd rather make a little less money and not be in the doghouse with my wife. Uh, Dudes, you know what I'm talking about? Then, uh, then risk it for a few extra hundred dollars or something like that. So, yeah, it's uh, that's not worth it for me. Uh, hard pass, hard pass. Maybe he shows up, and I mean, he is an accountant by day, and she's like, actually, there's not a shoot. I just really need help with my taxes, and I didn't know how else to hire you because I don't know how to hire people normally. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, as a society, we've watched way too many. Uh, we'll call them uh, scientific videos about how these situations can go and let's just all (laughs) let's go with no let's go with uh please no again avoid the doghouse at all costs even the rumor videos that sounds like shows on the cw (laughs) i don't know what to say there that wasn't what i meant but hopefully somebody (laughs) somewhere knows what i meant but the cw is great seventh heaven uh small deal you know totally fine Listen. I like that you just pulled it out and you're like, I have a working knowledge of all the shows that were on the CW. I watched a lot of TV, man. I got a, I got a body for watching TV, not for being on it. So <laughs> I love it. So uh, Lance from a random Facebook group asks, my wife and I have been struggling to book weddings since the pandemic hit. I've started delivering for DoorDash to help cover expenses. But if yep. we don't start booking more soon, I'll need to find a real job. Since we haven't been booking, I've grown out my beard. My wife has, in the last few weeks, become fixated on this. She thinks the reason we aren't booking anymore is because of my beard. She wants me to shave it off. I don't want to. But if it's the difference between our business succeeding or failing, then I would consider it. What should I do? Wow. One... Is this in the is is this in the podcast Facebook group or is what are these Facebook groups, man? Where um for scientific reasons for the uh for the podcast, I'm in let's say safely about 250 different uh, photography podcast or photography groups. So I just kind of scroll through my feed every once in a while, and if something pops that looks interesting, I save it. This one I saved about a year ago when I first asked you to come on the podcast because oh of your brand God. and everything. Yeah, because of the whole bearded thing. Uh, well, so uh, I would say, couple with uh, with their their bearded issue, if you will, the bearded elephant in the room, if you will. Um, one might say that a playoff beard would be really cool and is good luck for in the sports realm. Um, <laughs> I know I know many a men who took this opportunity to grow a pandemic beard. Uh, to varying degrees of success. I do question if it's true, if the if the wife's inkling is true that they were only getting booked on his uh, looks, honestly, that's a whole different issue. Uh, <laughs> like, we're just going to go here. We're just going to go there. But like, uh, like Ben Hartley. Mm-hmm. Uh Great, I think great photographer, super good guy. I learned a lot from him, you know, years ago. Like he's mm-hmm. uh, 
I, I'm I'm glad he's finally getting credit that I feel like he deserves. Uh, super good teacher, super knowledgeable, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but also, even if he wasn't, he's super good looking. So he could yeah. just be like booking because he's hot, and the and the you know couples are like, this dude's eyes make me feel better, and I want to give him my money. So. Oh, let's talk about his impressive hair, though, too. His great hair. It's not just the eyes. It's the whole package with Ben Hartley. He's got good hair. I think, too, he, like, you know, this is the Ben Hartley praise section of the podcast. Uh, his wife is a, a, a beautiful young lady. Their kids look happy. Um, you know, they're, but here's what I'll say. I think Ben, because of marketing, is now, like, leaning into the idea that he knows he's a, a tall glass of water. And... Uh, <laughs> I have noticed in his Facebook group the the number of photos with him shirtless has gone up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you go from zero to one, that's a hundred percent, you know, increase. So, yeah, okay. how what would I, would I sell a lot of courses if I took off my shirt for photos? Now I'm thinking about it. Uh, anyway, so all that to say, I would, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would shave the beard and I would. Uh, I, I would tell them to go into a few workshop, a uh, few Facebook groups where there are free workshops uh, about getting leads and bookings. Because uh, you, uh, unless you really like DoorDash, I would say being a DoorDash person is a real job and um, treat it like a real job. People need delivery and uh, it's great. So, yeah. Have you been DoorDashing a lot since uh, since it existed? Not just Order- since the pandemic hit? I, I, I've been ordering. I haven't worked for yeah. DoorDash. Um mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just see in healthy times. There are no food ordering apps on my phone, uh, <laughs> in unhealthy, uh, mental and physical times. There's like seven or eight. Uh, and cause right. Like your favorite restaurants, all use a different one. And you're like, dang it. Uh, but it's also good. Cause you hear bad stories about some of the other ones. Uh, so yes, I, I, I'm a big DoorDash fan, a big, uh, you know, chow now fan is the app we have over here and toast. So. Yeah, those are my my recommendations for uh, food delivery apps. <laughs> we have a DoorDash and Uber Eats around here, and I've yeah. never once used one of those apps to order anything. I've only oh, ever wow. used uh, the shipped thing to have like groceries delivered. But okay, every time yeah. it's like time to like get food delivered, I'm like, I could just drive out. Like it's yeah, I yeah. could just do that, and so I always well, end up just doing it. <laughs> Well, definitely, uh, if you don't live, so we, we live in DC proper and what I've realized, mm-hmm. and, um, people talk about this, especially in New York, but I, and I didn't realize this, but this is almost every city is like, um, just a little bit more mental work for us to do basic things. So like when I want to go drop off a package, it should just be like, pull up into the parking lot, walk in, here you go. They scan it and then you leave. Right. Like, that's mm-hmm. what, but instead it's like, okay like gotta go find parking street parking only make sure you're not in the commercial zone all this kind of stuff and do a few rounds and it's like this whole rigmarole um so getting food is the same thing so like driving out to get Mm. food where we're at is uh is not as fun as it should be so yeah i i that's one thing i miss about not living in the dc area but the idea that we can get like cookies delivered any time of the day uh you know we can get like vegan general so's chicken which like i like regular general so's chicken but let's just say you wanted vegan and wanted it to be really good we could also get that at like midnight you know so that's uh that's pretty cool 
See, all the places around me that sell General Tso's chicken are closed at like nine o'clock at night because <laughs> Jen and I live out in like a more rural setting. Okay. Close okay. to a city, but not that close. That's good to know for when uh when I'm in Indy, because like probably every day I'll be ordering food. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're downtown, they've got a lot more great stuff. It's just out here in Noblesville where I am, it's like there's nothing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. So, Any other questions? Uh, Tori from a random Facebook group says, my sister recently got married and hired a photographer. I am also a photographer. I had my camera at the wedding, but my sister was concerned her photographer would get mad if I was taking pictures during the day. So I took photos of my sister and some girls getting ready, but put my camera away when the photographer showed up. Well, the photographer lost all the photos, and my sister is demanding to see the photos I took of her reception and ceremony because the photographer mentioned me having a camera when they said they lost the photos? I tried telling her I put the camera away and didn't shoot, but she's convinced the photographer purposely deleted her photos because of me having a camera and is now asking me to give her the photos I took throughout the day or pay for her to have another wedding. What do I do? (laughs) These are insane situations. I just, I want to hug consensually. I just want to hug these people. (laughs) Uh, Just be like, what the frick is going on uh okay wow um so first i would say that uh you know you're a sister first hopefully you know that's Mm -hmm. that's something i've learned and uh you know like the one wedding the two weddings i've been a groomsman in uh you know i was just a groomsman um and i didn't bring my camera I, I behaved in front of the photographer, right? Like I wasn't like, Hey, sweet lens, Charlie. You know, I wasn't weird. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, cause I think that's like, what does we don't, we want to be distraction free for our family. You know, we don't want to cause a ruckus as you might say. Um, but I don't, I don't know why this other photographer lost all the photos. Um, also it's 2021. How do, if you're shooting a camera, doesn't have two cards, and those cards like what is happening here? Um, <laughs> like if you lost, I'd 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 agree with like I I would uh, believe losing half the photos or like oh I lost the ceremony and getting ready um, more than I believe losing all. I'm like all all of them? Did you drop the camera in water uh, at the end of the night? You know or something? Uh, or got robbed? That's always did you not have an SD card in the camera at all? <laughs> you were just like shooting the whole day pro tip put it on your camera don't make the camera shoot without a card in it guys like you gotta turn that bitty on um if i was a sister i would obviously show receipts and i'd be like here's my sd card let me know you know like i that's that's just how i roll i'd be like i'm so sorry uh barbara because that's probably her name uh and just be like listen we did not uh, I only shot getting ready. I'm so sorry. Uh, let me know if I can help uh, anything with the photographer. So, yeah. And I'd be like, I'm not paying for another wedding. <laughs> y- yours truly. Sorry. I want to be clear about that and set a boundary up front. Not paying yeah. for another wedding. Yeah. 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 Okay. Happy to. One less... <laughs> yeah. You could, you could find a solution in there somewhere. One last question from Grant from a random Facebook group. He booked his first corporate gig. It's to shoot a conference. The guy who booked him knew he hasn't done any like conference work before and asked if he could get a reduced price since 
Grant could use the photos for his mm-hmm. portfolio going forward. Grant mm. said, sure. Well, he shows up to the conference, and um, it is a BDSM conference. And they take his phone and his SD cards away from him. They give him their SD cards to shoot on. And then at the end of the day, they take the SD cards back from him and give him his phone and his blank SD cards back. He said, the guy who did it, that they were sorry, but they didn't trust photographers after an incident they had the year before where someone attending was found in a photo on the last photographer's website and they lost their job afterwards. So they're not taking any, like, they're not giving any leniency. So Grant wants to know if he can ask for more money since he gave them a deal based on being able to use the photos to market himself. No. <laughs> it's after the gig. Uh, it's, it's it's over. Grant, my personal advice uh, is, is just, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't shoot there ever again. Um, but also, too, you know, these, these are, uh, there's like six basic questions when a corporate client inquires with you is like, how quickly do you need these photos turned around? Is there a budget set for the project? If so, what is it? Uh, will these be on location or in the studio? Um, what type of licensing would you like? Would you like unlimited, you know, forever, you know, no questions asked, all that kind of stuff. And then can I use these for our personal promotion and advertisement? Um, and if they don't have good answers for those questions, um, they're not ready to book a photographer yet. And I know mm-hmm. that sounds really gatekeepy. Uh, and obviously, you know, like, don't be romantic about how you get your money, Grant. But, uh, you know, it's a, you know, ask those six questions and that'll eliminate the uh, a lot of BS. And sometimes helps the couple or the client because they're like, oh, you know, our budget set was $5,000. You're like, okay, cool. Like $5,000, great. But they're like, hey, you can't use any of the images. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is such a funny thing though because like we're, we're going to shoot this firefighters thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. I shoot a lot for this like client. They do a bunch of these kind of trade shows and stuff like that. Um, and like, I've never shown any of the photos ever. I never want to like <laughs> zero desire. Like, I think they're good. Like, it's cool. I, I shoot some cool stuff. Like there's, there's one event they do, uh, and it's like firefighter and EMS training. Um, they're this really cool smoky back lot backlit shot of a firefighter silhouette. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the only photo I've ever shown and been like, yeah, this is what I'm shooting this week. Um, <laughs> but usually, usually, and this is changing, thank God, but it's usually old du- old white dudes in suits or polos shaking hands. And uh, no one no one wants to see that. Uh, no one, you know what on my Instagram is like, <laughs> I'm dying to see it. <laughs> Give it to me. Um, so that's where we're at. So sorry, Grant. <laughs> Don't ask for more money though after the gig. I think that's weird. You should always uh, just have like an if-then clause in your contract. If you don't have a contract, get one, just like a buddy uh, in Toy Story or Finding Nemo. Uh, so, yeah. Adam, thank you so much for joining me today, answering some questions, and talking to me a little bit about your business and how you do things. Where can listeners of the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast? Where can they find you and your podcasts online? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, one, if you're still here, uh, you should probably go to therapy, but thank you for sticking with us, uh, this far. It really, it really means a lot. Uh, it really means, you know, last year has been a rough year for you and this is uh, a light for you. So we, we appreciate that. Um, yeah, to go listen to our podcast, the bearded talk.com, uh, T O G is the, uh, last part of that. So just short for photographer. I kind of hate it, but it sticks. So that's what we're there with. Um, and then if you want to come chat with me about anything we talked about on the show or, 
tell me I was an idiot and you thought this was stupid and that Steven should delete this episode or uh, you want to see some sweet fire you want to see some sweet firefighter picks uh, and not not those kind of firefighter picks but what, uh, what about can, uh, if they just DM want to see some old white dudes in uh, suits if you want to see some old white dudes in suits uh, the connect for that is on Instagram so just DM me <laughs> at Mason Photography uh you'll see just a photo of my big head on instagram and uh come follow say hi laugh uh and uh yeah i'm always i'm always open to the chat and i hope that what we talked about today even though we got weird at the end resonated with you so uh yeah that's where you can find me so steve thanks so much for having me on i hope this didn't go too long either like i could talk for like 10 hours like we could do a massive podcast i mean yes that would be awesome but i'm trying to be respectful of your time Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk.